Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you, friends? Welcome to the show. Lions Lounge Lockdown is sponsored for the entire 2021 season by Match Scaffolding. Match Scaffolding is a company that is owned and operated by a Millwall fan. So if you need a little bit of scaffolding in your life, please don't hesitate to check out Match Scaffolding's contact details in the description of this audio podcast offering. Our guest today for Lions Lounge Lockdown episode 42. I put this out on social media and I said sometimes... You have to work for an interview. Another time, you just stumble on absolute pure gold. David Thompson, what a character. It, there's nothing I can say that's going to prepare you for what's just about to happen. So I'll let you enjoy this one. David Thompson, Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 42. Seriously, get a load of this guy. Enjoy. I'm going to... Do an intro and then I'll introduce you and then afterwards I'll end the show, but then just stand at the end and I'll thank you for your time, yeah? Yeah. Brilliant. Do you want to swig your tea first before we start? <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> oi, real McCoy. 1987, this is. is you give it to me granddad. You give it to me granddad. He passed away. So when he passed away, I took it back. 80, I think it's 80, 87, 88. There you are. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Well, I've, I usually say we're going to go in 3 2 1, but I think that's a brilliant way to start us off, mate. So, David Thompson, Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 41. Thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate your time. Pleasure. Anytime. You, you come, as I said, mate, just off air, you come highly, highly recommended, which sometimes can be a danger, but I don't think you're going to disappoint. Oh, I don't know about that. You, I've got to be careful. Trust me. I've got to be careful. So, I'll stitch myself up. <laughs> Millwall 1986 to 1992 as a professional six goals along the way we'll get onto those later but obviously for those who don't know you started out as a product of Millwall Youth Academy now there's an interesting story behind this because I spoke to Hawley the other day how does a boy from Ashington 15 miles from Newcastle upon Tyne end up a product of Millwall Youth Academy well what it, what it is, my school teacher, a lad called Alan Richardson, he was like a local scout. He was an international basketball referee. And uh, it just happens that he was our PE teacher. Okay. So it was that simple. He recommended me to Millwall. And it went from there. 
So that was, you know, had a bit of a result there because he was on my doorstep. <laughs> how old was you at this point? How old? Yeah, how old was you when you first went to me wall? Oh, God, it'd be 1984, 84, I think. So, mm. yeah, or 84. So I'm trying to think who was in your team at the time. Um, it would have been like um, Nicky Chatterton, so Steve Lovell, Dave Kumsak, um, Mickey Nutton, Kevin Bremner, uh, that sort of mob. Mm. Yeah. If your school teacher recommends you to me, would you, would you go down? Do you come down for a trial? Yeah, I come down for a trial. I went to other clubs, had a trial, had a trial at Newcastle. I could have gone back there. Went to Millwall, um, and there was a big difference. Millwall, I think Millwall in the old third division, I think. You'll have to look it up. But I got there, they picked me up, they shuffled me here, they took me this, to, and uh, the players that were there at the time, especially the first team lads, because you could, I was sticking up with my own, do you know what I mean? So uh, they just made it, made it for me like helpful just to like settle down and took us in, and that was quite a big deal. I went to Newcastle and there was about 50 million kids just running around, you were just like a little number. When they whittled it down, I could have gone back. But no, I just it didn't, didn't, didn't sit right. Didn't mm. sit right. So you come down to London on trial. Did you, did you come on your own? Because I think Holly said there was a couple of other boys that came down with you. No, there was no, there was no, um, there was no lad, a lad called Gary Middleton. He was quite good friends with uh, Jipro, with um, Reza Ruddick. We call him Jipro, but his nickname is Reza Ruddick. He, he really friendly with him. Uh, so I came down with Gary, and he was a year older than me, so he was like an apprentice at uh, Millwall at the time. So he knew the ropes, sort of thing. Sort of took me under, he was, yeah, he was a year older. He like took us under his wing and uh, showed me the ropes, introduced me to people. So I was, within within a couple of months, I was I was settled in, because what would happen on a, on a Friday, yeah, I used to finish school on a Friday. Um, used to go to Central Station, Newcastle. So you said Bob Pearson picked you up. Always the, the ever-present yeah. Bob Pearson. Oh, leg in. Great fella. Absolute ledge. Yeah, he used to pick me up. I used to see his gaff. Um, used to play on Saturday morning for the youth team. Um, then after the game, he dropped us off at the station. Bosh, straight back to Newcastle. And... Uh, Back to school Monday. And that happened most weekends. That happened most weekends. So I knew sort of like, like the setup before I even, you know, before I even like signed on as an official apprentice. So I knew people, I knew the players, knew like the tea lady, Lil, and the laundry lady, uh, Paulie. It was like, hang uh, on one sec, I'm on the thing. Sorry, man. Just my son coming in from work. <laughs> he's, he's born in Cambridge my eldest boy was, he's one of your mob yeah right he's, uh, born in, yeah born in Guy's Hospital my eldest boy oh is yeah, he one of your mob yeah your... God bless you Mary Poppins God bless you Mary Poppins have a banana I no, thought you on, might sorry, have the accent you've been down there long enough what's that me old China <laughs> easy yeah yeah so I, I so I've got to I'm getting a like the lads, and um, it was just so easy for me to 
come down in, in fitting. So I knew the script. The lads were fantastic, especially the lads older than me. Um, so they just took us under their wing and it was simple. It was an easy choice, easy choice. Because I remember Bob Pearson, he come up and um, forgetting what you call the hotel now, right outside Newcastle Central Station, there's a big old hotel. And he met me there and was signed an apprenticeship. That was uh, the schoolboy one, then the, then the apprentice. That's a long old, I mean, it's pretty obvious it's a long old slap, but at 16, 15 years old, you're travelling down to London every weekend. Where did you every weekend? Sit you sit on that. Was that, you, you're saying as if it was just an easy, you know, I, swear, I know it's every boy's dream to play football, but. Yeah, yeah. But I think what made it better is because I was being picked up, you know, I wasn't jumping on the tube mm. and going here, there and everywhere. It was just like, it was quite basic. I was being picked up, did a day, did a day. Stayed at someone's house, played a game, home, get to know the people. Then I do it next week. Then I get to know the people. And it sort of just built and built and built and built. Mm. And finally, when that's me to sign apprenticeship, it was like, well, I know how to get there. And I know the people there. So it, it was a doddle. It Made you feel really comfortable as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Good bunch as well. Unbelievable bunch of lads. Thick as thieves. Brilliant. Yeah, super. So what's your first impressions of the den? You know, who played in your youth team with you? Did you have to clean the stands, etc., and things like that? We got some shit jobs, I tell you, as an apprentice. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the youth team at the time, that would have been... Um, Rudick was older than me, so but I played with him. Then you had Holney. You had people like um, Terry Webb, Trevor Booker. Um, Paul Malcolm, Mickey Marks, um, just trying to think, not leave anyone out, Paul Joyce. Um, and there were some good players in there. Uh, Sean Sparham, he's one of my top mates. He's, I've got some stories about him, by the way. We'll have him on as well, if you don't mind. We'll have, your, we'll have his number, we'll have him on the show next. Yeah, he's going to get boshed, right? But just, 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 just quality. Quality, quality lads. Been some good, good players, and I'm really surprised that they let a few of them go. Yeah, a couple, a couple, a couple didn't help help themselves. You know, like Terry Webb. Terry Webb was a right back, and uh, what a hell of a wand he's got on! Right, great, right, right peg, unbelievable. But he went on holiday. I reckon he would have made a pro, but he went on a holiday. Had a few beverages, got on a bike, on a scooter. Lamppost, chopped his big toe off. Fuck, what, his right foot as well? On his right juke. Finished him. Just finished him. Johnny Nish to <laughs> That's what we used to call him. <laughs> Johnny Nish to He had Nish town me old China. Oh, I'll tell you what. Unbelievable. Yeah, straight off. Woof. His big toe, so obviously affected his balance and stuff. But yeah, Johnny Nish to oh, But he, 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 was, he was a good player. He was a good player. Johnny and what clever, Johnny, yeah, but when there, what there, Trevor Booker up front, oh, hey, man, got some stories about me. Hey, man, would be funny enough. I mean, if I tell you one now or not, was it mate, too early? We've got all night, because as long as you tell me everything, <laughs> everyone know everything, mate. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me at it, right. Well, what Trevor up front and Webby. He's, you know, he's right, Duke. But they, them two, good as gold. 
and we had a, a, a referee's course. You know, like a, we had this test. Well, you had to do it. So we all went in the, in the old inn. We all sat down. There was a fellow there who was in charge, really proper. So, so doing all the referees, you know, you fill it all in proper and answer the questions. And well, I mean, Trevor probably now he's probably a barrister or something. I haven't got a clue. But at the time, we used to call him Trevor. Trevor. He's thick as a castle wall. Yeah, tell you what, right? And he filled, done this, and we'd finished. And uh, the fellow said, uh, could I have the Trevor Booker and uh, uh, Terry Webb back, please? So them two went back. Thought we'd been cheating. But what Trevor, doing Clever Trevor, because he weren't the cleverest, he'd copied all the answers of Terry Webb's paper, so they'd all the same answers. But Trevor had copied... Terry's name and address instead of putting his own name and his address. He copied his name and his address. Trevor, Trevor. Oh, you couldn't, you couldn't make it up, could you? No, that is ridiculous. He, he's, but he was a lovely fellow, and he wasn't a bad player. He wasn't a bad player, to be fair. You can't copy somebody's name and address. <laughs> Maybe just one or the other, but not both. Definitely not. No, thick as shit. No. You um. You mentioned a player there. I'd be honest with you, because I, I, so I started going mill in about 87, 88, when I was seven and eight. So um, Brian Hall said to me, you want to get Michael Marks on as well? I said, who's Michael Marks? He said, the youngest player to ever score a hat-trick for Millwall, but he had to retire, didn't he? You said he'd come yeah. through with you as well in the youth team. Yeah, he was, he, him and like Paul Malcolm, them two up front were brilliant. They both worked together. Mickey was like a big, strong lad, good in the air, weren't the quickest. When Mally was... was uh, Sort of the opposite, wasn't the best in the air, but he was sharp. It's spit, and they worked together. Uh, Roger Cross at the time, he was, he was the coach. He had them two, honestly, working together, like non-stop movement. One comes short, one goes over the top, and they clicked as a pair. Mm. Just a shame about Paul Malton, they, they let him go. But uh, yeah, Mickey, Mickey was, Mickey was a good, I think he went, Gillingham, or somewhere like that, or Reading, or somewhere like that. Mm. After after Millwall uh, released them, but yeah, yeah, he's a good lad. He's a cracker jack, and you know me, eldest boy. The, the one I was seeing was born down your manor. Yeah. When he was coming out with me, missus, I went outside, <laughs> and I bumped and I bumped into bumped into Mickey. He just he just. Come out the booze, and I hadn't seen him for years. So, like such a small world. Yeah. So I, I've got him outside for a breather because my missus was like, you know, in pain, and so I, I just went outside, leave her to it for a little while. And oh, Mickey Marks comes on the corner. Corey's he's put some beef on. Oh, sick. <laughs> oh, who was the um? Who was the youth team manager of this shit show you're describing? Who was in charge? Uh, at the youth team. Yeah, who was your it youth was, team? Uh, it would have been Roger Cross. It was Crossy. I think it was Crossy. Um, obviously, Bob Pearson was there all the time. But yeah, yeah it was. And Roger would take the reserves as well. But yeah, yeah, he was. I used to live with his, with his mum. Uh, we lived in Faircross, Barking, Barking, Essex. All right. Because when I when, when I came down um, from Newcastle, from Ashton, when I came down there, that's where I lived. I lived with his mum. 
with his mum at the time. And, and Crossy just lived around the corner. Fair. It was yeah. a bit of a strange place to put someone in digs, I suppose. It's where she lives, isn't it? So, well, Yeah, well, I mean, I was like, I, I didn't know. I was yeah, just yeah. like, as long as I knew there's a bus to get from here to B, then I used to get a tube from... From there to Whitechapel, I think it was Whitechapel to New Cross or New Cross Gear. As soon as, I, as soon as you get a bit of a routine, it's it's a doddle, yeah. But it was but it was West Ham country, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm Newcastle Sunderland. I didn't realise the rivalry. And we used to have blazers with the Millwall badge on. Not times I used to get like funny looks. No one ever had a go at me, but they used to have funny looks. So you should. Sit, just walk up the high street, thinking nothing of like the old hammers. And I'm thinking, it was only later on when you want to be careful wearing that badge. And I thought to myself, well, why? He went, well, because he's living in a West Ham manor. So, yeah, exactly. But I didn't have any trouble. So, yeah, it could have been done, but I didn't. Yeah. You sort of, you said the apprenticeship, you had shit jobs. What sort of shit jobs did you have? And whose boots did you have to clean? Oh, I cleaned uh, Alan Walker, Walker's boots. Yeah, he's what a fella he is, by the way. And he never tipped me. Never tipped me. <laughs> you do a good job, Honestly, though. Fuck it up. No, no, shite. <laughs> I forgot his boots a couple of times for match days. <laughs> oh, good. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, the jobs were horrendous. Honestly, it's... See, Dan, right? The, the apprentices these days, what do they do? They're not really grounded, are they? Everything's... We used to, like, clean the toilets. We used to, like, go up in the stands when it's freezing, get it on. And the amount of times, the older pros, twats, probably walks, no, no one is, like... We used to, like, I used to hear doing the bath out in the toilet. It used to make me... So, sometimes I'd get it. In the, you'd go in there, big communal bath, don't do them anymore. And you'd look in there and the water was full up and you just, what the hell was that there? And there was a big shite. Dan, Dan, it was like King Kong's finger. It was like that. So what are you supposed, what are you supposed to do? You'd have to you'd let the water out and you pick it up with a sock. Oh, sleep. Oh, and, and where, where dispersers and it was all on the side you used to spend hours in there hours it was horrible and you used to clean all the floors and so I'm sure that the older pros used to do certain things for a laugh as in like you know shaking in the bath and stuff like that and leaving the toilet seat up with all crap it was just a learning curve it was just to yeah. say like you know just do it and get on with it and, you know definitely so when you came through uh, you, you turned pro in 86, but you was apprentice before that. So were you there sort of under George Graham and then John Dockey? I know you wasn't in the first team at this point. Yes. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, I was um, an apprentice at the time. Um, it was, um, yeah, George Graham and Theo Foley. Yeah, so I came. But I, I used to travel. Like I said, I used to travel down. My dad used to come down and watch certain games. And... Uh, we used to, George Graham and uh, Theo Foley, you should let them on the team coach, even though you, you're miles away from the squad and all that. Mm. You'd take us to like different games and local games and stuff like that. And give me tickets and, you know, proper, proper, you know, as soon as he found me dad was coming down, it was like, mm. whoa, you know, 
on the on the team coach. Oh, it's brilliant. brilliant. It's brilliant. Oh. Yeah, when George oh, Graham so came good. in, we were struggling badly, and he tur- he, he saved us. Then he turned us around, leaves for Arsenal, and then John Docky comes in. Do you remember the first time you met the great man, John Dock? I can't remember the first time I met him, but he was. I always remember little man syndrome for me. Don't get me wrong. Honestly, don't get me wrong. I got on like a house on fire and we blinded. But it was, how can I say it? Fiery, really fiery. Whereas Frank was, was sort of good cop, bad cop, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, but, 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 but first impressions, you were scared of the doc. I mean, doc, in a fight, he couldn't knock the skin off a rice pudding. But I was about to say, you're, what are you, you're about 6'4", aren't you? 6'3", yeah. And Doc's about 5'3". Yeah, in stilettos. <laughs> but he's honestly... But he, but it was like... Frank would, could, could rip your head off. Uh, but it was just Doc. The way he barked at you. The way, you know, the way he had little digs at you. And he, he had a, like, a lot, lot of power. Mm. So, you know... He was just using it against you, but he's clever with it. Very, very clever man. But they worked really good together. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good, good together. I've, I've only, I've only seen them argue once, and I can't remember what game it was. But Frank had um, John Dock by the throat. Did he really? And that was it. Uh, yeah, in the changing rooms. I've only ever seen that once in my entire life. The assistant manager pinned up against the wall like that. Don't know what it was about. Haven't got a clue. But I was like, what the hell's happening here? He's Honestly, it was like, oh, I may be in the changing rooms. I can't remember. I just remember it kicked off. Yeah, it, was, it would have been like a half time or something like that. Yeah. It would have been a half time. Because I come, yeah, because I come the changing rooms. Yeah, it was half time. I don't let's know get, what game though. Let's get on to your integration into the first thing. Because it says, if my stats are correct, you was a pro 86 to 92. But you didn't play your first game until 87, 88. Yeah, I think, I think, well, you know more than me because you got the stats there. Yeah, you never went out on loan or anything. You come straight from the youth team. No, 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 no. I think, I, I think I made my debut. Yeah, I, th- I think I made my debut, but uh, I think I was 19. I think I was on the bench at Man City away. That was my first um, taste. Uh, I didn't come on. Then I think it was a Christmas period, roughly Christmas period. Uh, Walks, I always remember Walks got injured and it was Barnsley away. We got beat 4 1. Then I played the next four or five. Am I right? Barnsley away, 4 1. There you go. Yep. Oh, I played, I played the next four or five games. I think we won them all. Yeah. Then I always remember getting, then I was getting, then I think I got dropped against Arsenal because I was good because I wanted to play that game because mm-hmm. obviously Walks was fit. He's an experienced pro. And so I just had to bite the bullet and get on with it. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this because, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a good career at me. We come from the youth team. They got their, definitely got their minutes out, you know, as a, as, a, as a product of the youth academy. But football's very different now where you'll take like, you'll have 18th and 19th man and seven people on the bench. Back in them days, only two subs. So did you travel? If you didn't travel, what did you do? Like, did you just not travel the squad? Did you play in the resis instead or...? Yeah, you know, we played with the uh, Stiffs um, instead, if it, was, if it was a game on the same day. But I don't love Hamlet cigars, right? 
Now, I know Horney used to do it. Horney's a bit of a kiss-ass. Horney, you're a kiss-ass. Right? But he told me about it. He went, just buy him, uh, I think he smoked Hamlet. Yeah, 10 Hamlet. But if I wanted to be, if I, to, to say, you were playing such and such a team, just say Newcastle, for instance, right? And I wasn't know any other sport as the youngster. I used to go and buy him some Hamlet from the local shop. Now, got the old day and I'd knock on his door and he'd be in there smoking big cigar like that with his feet up at the desk like that, puffing everywhere. Yeah. Just slide them on the table like that. And I'll say, Gaffer, we're playing Newcastle this weekend. And he'd like, see you know, sir. So I'd just push him towards it. And I'd just walk out the room, think nothing of it. He'd put me in the squad sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, because it was it was brilliant for me just to get off the even though like I was nowhere near the, the, the first team because I was so young. But when my name was in it, because I like sort of bribed them, but it was nothing to him just to stick me on the coach. But I used to all a clobber and all that. And I used to get off off the coach as if I like I was playing. Even, no, no, even though I won, but like my mum and my dad was there, my sis was there, my best mate Dougie was there, and like all my friends would sort of get off the coach as if I was part of the squad. And I didn't, I just blackmailed them 20 Hamlet. <laughs> so you wanted to travel, yeah. But you obviously spent a lot of time traveling, not being uh, rude. You spent a lot of time traveling, not playing in those early years. Yeah, yeah, but you loved it. Honestly, absolutely. Loved it big time. Absolutely loved it. There's not one, there's not one day I regret ever, apart from the last, apart from the day when Mick McCarthy more or less told us I wasn't wanted. That was, that was, I enjoyed every single day. The, the, you know, the good, the bad, the indifferent. No, loved it. Still love it. Still have dreams about me. Well, still have dreams about I'm late for a game. And stuff like that, and, and they've let. Honestly, it's mad. I think it's uh, like I've got like a couple of army mates, and uh, they're stuck in their ways. It mm. won't it won't go. Well, I'm the same with me. Um, it's it's exactly the same with me. It's like because I was there as a schoolboy, an apprentice, then the reserves, then the first team. Everything was regimental. Everything you had to be there at a certain time if you weren't, you'll find you, you used to wear a suit or a track suit. If you everything was regimental, and it's that's why I'm having, I still have dreams now. It's mad, it's just there's, there's not one week, there's not one week. Oh, think about Millwall, not one week whatsoever. We're on like a, um, a WhatsApp group together, a few of the lads. Oh, you want to see some stuff that's on there, man. Oh, shit. Danny boy, I'm telling you. Oh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. But then, no, I just love my time there, whether whether I was good, whether I was bad or indifferent, whatever. I just, I love my time there. My only regret is leaving. Oh, really? Well, we'll get on to that later. But let's talk about some of your best times there, I would assume, is the 87 88 season. Promotion, Pro- properly your first season as a pro, and we end up achieving something. Sorry, you end up achieving, along with the other players, not we. Um, something that's never been done since promotion to the top flight. What do you remember yeah. about that well, season? Was, you know, the games, any games that stick out for you and memories? 
Well, it was it, it, it was it was the togetherness more than memories of certain games. I mean, you know, like the Bournemouth away and stuff like that. With uh, what was that two one? Yeah, two one. Horny say Horny saved penalty. Yeah, Terry score Terry scorer. Um, it it was just it was just the buzz. It was just the buzz. I mean, I only how many games? Oh, sorry, I thought you said I thought you said it was the booze. <laughs> Not the bars. I honestly thought you said it was the booze. That's uh, coffee in there, man. It's coffee. Not booze. No, no, it was the buzz. It's me. It's your accent. I can't understand you. <laughs> well, you're a bit of vodka now, are you? Get it down, you're me old China. <laughs> Yeah, so let's talk about that season. You need a, you need a, you need a, you need a trim up there. It looks like you're chewing a cat. <laughs> oh, mate. I was warned about you, and you're definitely not disappointed. Um, I'll ask you something about the team quickly, because I was looking through that. In the first season, in the 87-88, you had Alan Walker, McCleary, Rhino, and Wood. I think Rhino was a right-back at that point, wasn't he? So it was difficult yeah. to get in. There were some good players there. Um, yeah. Where did you really fit into that? Well, that was that's hard. That's hard to break in because they're they're quite all quite experienced players, mm. but they had their injuries. So you got to think and the suspensions. Um, so you just you just had to wait and bide your time. But there was no preference uh, to do with who I'd like to play with. And I mean, you got Macar and Woody, two two honestly sensible centre halves. You're talking. Seven, eight, nine, or ten most games. And yeah, bring up. But I didn't mind playing with Woody and uh, Maka. Rhino was a nightmare. Absolute. Oh, he's he's the most aggressive fella I've ever met in my life. Even off the pitch, he doesn't mean it. Doesn't honestly. He just doesn't mean it, right? Honestly, we had a, a reunion back at the den. It was, a, it was a while ago before lockdown and got like paraded on the middle of the pitch and, and stuff like this. Uh, and I hadn't, uh, Rhino's in Australia. Yeah. And uh, he came over, bless him. And he's still the same. I was chatting to him. I said, Oh, what are you doing after the game? He said, Oh, yeah, I'm going for a meal. I thought, Fair enough. So we're sitting in the stand. He got me there, Teddy and um, Rhino there. So I said, Rhino, I just forgot. I said, What are you? What are you doing after the game? You went, fucking hell, Tomo. I just fucking told you I'm going for a fucking meal. I haven't seen the lad for 30 odd years. And he speaks like that. I just want to punch him in the head. But you can't because that's the way he is. Yeah, he's yeah. just naturally, he's just naturally aggressive. Yeah. You know, even the way, yeah, even the way he speaks. We try to get, I've been trying to get him on a show. Good, right? I know, and, but, good lad. Good lad. Yeah, well, yeah. Everyone says he's brilliant. You know, brilliant for me. A wall, great person, winner. Just his personality. But people close to him have said, "I don't think he'll, he'll have it, Dan, just because it's just not his sort of thing." And like, he's quite aggressive and miserable sometimes. He is, honestly. <laughs> but that's the way he is. Mm. He doesn't, you know. And I took some stick from my club. Have you seen his clubber? <laughs> that's it. Bad. Are you seen Rain? Oh. I think he buys like fake Primark gear. <laughs> hey, shocking! He's shirts are too big, and he's like that. And he wants his arms like that. He just doesn't look right. Just doesn't look right. But but I wouldn't have told him back then. But now I can. 
Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, as we were saying earlier, you said you travelled, but didn't always play. Did you travel to hold the day that the, the magic happened? Hull away? Yeah, I was there. That was, uh, honestly, what a buzz. What an absolute buzz. But it's, it's like you're asking me about certain games and stuff like this, what I said before the show. But like, I'm no, because I'm, I was like young and coming in and coming out and coming in, coming out. Mm. We're watching this from like afar sometimes. Yeah, cool. It's, we, okay, we're in like a bubble. And we're, you know, we're getting on with the game and stuff. But it's like, it's, it's heartbreaking because you want to be part of the team. You're part of the squad. So... Did you feel at that point you wasn't really fully into the, you know, in, in the gang, sort of, so to speak, then? No, because we've always had the togetherness. Mm. Always. Always. There was no... Well, not on my behalf, but there was no jealousy. It was... Um, I, I just wanted a bit of that, mm. if, if, if you get me. I just wanted a bit of that. And especially on, on the occasions where, like, whole, like you say, and it's it's just the whole the whole buzz. Mm. It wasn't so much about, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, I know, I, know, I know we won the game one, I know Kevin O'Callaghan scored. I'm not so fussed about the game. I want to know what, I know a little bit about what happened after and a couple of people misbehaved and got driven home in the morning and made to play in a reserve game at Welling. I think Brian Orr was one of them people. But, um, yeah. Recollection. Yeah, but he's, uh, was a, well, it was a blur. That's what I'm saying. It was just a, a blur. It was just madness. It was like uh, the old saying, win or lose, have some booze. Mm. Lose or draw, have some fucking more. But it was, it was, it was it, look, they weren't like alcoholics. Yeah. But it was like, it was a drinking culture. It was a social thing. It was a, a togetherness, a togetherness thing. It was a bonding thing. Mm. It's like some, like just say if uh, we had a Thursday off, some lads would, would go out, have a couple of bevies on Thursday. See, I wouldn't. I would go on Wednesday and recover on my day off. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. But, but ever, some had family, some was um, single, and uh, it was, but if it was a night out, Everybody's there, even if they didn't drink or whatever. It was just, yeah. But 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 the uh, whole that was just a session. That was mental. That's mm. like you just had to be there to appreciate it. Of course, of course. I think some of the players were still pissed for the uh, the trophy collection at home to Blackburn on the last day. Yeah, and that, what was that? Four four, four one, one, I think, one. I think so. Yeah, yeah. that was a shame because I'm think. After that, I think we won next couple of games, didn't we? But it was just that that last day mm. was a bit of a bit of a letdown. But but it was see, it's memories. Unless I get Alzheimer's, you know, they can never take them. They can't take their memories away from me. Do you know what I mean? So it's you know, fantastic. Honestly, absolutely fantastic times. Brilliant. But there you go. There you go. You spoke. Uh... Briefly about nights out of the togetherness, the camaraderie. Who was your closest to in a squad? You've already told us, so here's your time to unload on Sean Spar, and we'll have him on next week to get his revenge. But stories on players, nights out, 
characters in the dressing well, room? Uh, it, it's really, well, it's really, oh, I can stitch so many people up, right? But I'm not. It was difficult. It was, it was, it was difficult because what sort of like different, it wasn't like any clicks, but it was different age groups. So if you put all together, you would tend to gravitate towards, say, sort of people that's, that's in my position. Uh, like if you put, uh, say, Woody there, Woody would gravitate towards like Macar and Rhino and like the cards, the card school. But uh, yeah, Sean's a good laugh. Steve, An- Steve, Steve Anthropos. Steve Anthropos. Um, what a name that's for the past. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got some stories about him. Me and Sean used to stitch it left, right, and centre. Go on. So, which one? Oh dear me. I'll give. You, I'll give. Well, not a rude one. Uh, well, let's think. Well, we went to um, Penang. We stopped off at Penang because we we're going somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Penang's that in Thailand. We're all mugged out. Yeah, stopped off it? there. Yeah. yeah, but it was on the way to somewhere. I wasn't the best geography. The team so, just in your own personal time. Like, no, the... no, no. The team, the whole team. I think, I think it was when we got promoted. I think Barbados. Just stopped off at Penang for like, like I say, I'm not. I would not. I'll go to Butlins. <laughs> no, no, I'm not a human sat nav. Yeah, but you know them sat navs. I'll be lost without me, right? But it was uh, it was it was Sean, right? Me, Sean. Well, coming back, it was in Penang, and it was it was quite late at night, and there was a big long corridor, right? So me, me and Sean was walking, and I'm looking like that, and me and Sean was thinking, what the hell is that? Something's coming closer, closer. We ducked. It was like two bats. I don't know how the hell they got in this corridor. And what they're doing is they're flying from one end to the other and they can't get out. So they're flying. Then they'd go up. Then they come back again. Then they go up. And they've just done it forever. I mean, Sean's like, what the hell's happening here? So we thought, we'll have a little giggle here. So what we're doing was we got some towels out of the, uh, the rooms, big white towels. So when one of the bats come, we throw the towel on it, then capture it. Sort of like flapping in this towel like this. So we caught the two of them. We caught two bats, right? <laughs> but the bus doesn't see Vanthabus. He doesn't like creepy crawlies and oh, he's big old lad, but doesn't like stuff like that. So we've got <laughs> Sean says, come on, we'll throw them in Bus's room, Steve Anthrobos. He was sharing with Wes at the time, but Wesley wasn't Wesley Reed. Uh, but Wesley wasn't in. So Door was open. You had a sneeze there, weren't you? The, the door was open. Right? We've got these two bats, right? Threw them in with the towels in. You want to hear Bus scream. He was screaming, right? All of a sudden, the door bursts open, just smashes open, and Bus runs and he slipped and he's gone straight into the wall, right? And he's standing up, he's having a good, he's having a good meeting, Sean. He's going, you fucking wankers, you fucking All of a sudden, one of the bats comes pinging up, pinging up the door. Well, bus, he's off like, he's up the, co- up the, up the corridor, right? Well, this bat is flying after him. This bat's flying after him. And bus is screaming. 
But where where the uh, the corals weren't very long, the bat would get to the end before bus. So it'd be on its way back to Bus's face. So he'd be running that way and he'd see the back come that way and he'd run. Honestly, it was some like off a it was some off, off like a carry-on movie, right? And he, it just keeps on going. It seemed like forever, but right. But he tried to he tried to run back into his room, right? But the bat's mate was in there, wasn't it? <laughs> he's on the bat's mate, he's flapping up. So he's screaming and he's come out again. He's come up and he's just running up the up and down this hallway. And when he was passing us, me and Sean were like scratching his back. Scratching his back. And he goes, Thank you, get him off me. Thank you, get him off me. What's it? It was nowhere near him. The bat, the poor little bat. I don't know if was scared more, him or the bat. The bat just wanted to get home back to his house or his cave or wherever he come from. But oh, I'll tell you what, he was honestly. You just had to be there. That poor lad, his heart was beating and everything. So I mean, then he would run that way, and we would go, and the little bat would run that way. Oh, poor lad! I felt you, so yeah, sorry for him. Were you and Sean the main instigators in the pranking then, in and around the in and around the dressing room and the, tra- and, uh, the training ground? Yeah, yeah. Well, we did. I mean, we used to we used to uh, go to receptions here. We were in number five room. And we weren't, so they gave you spare keys. So it was normally uh, Kenny Cunningham and um, uh, who, who was he room with? Uh, Johnny Centre Ford. Johnny Goodman. Johnny Goodman. Goodman. Oh, what a lad he is. What a yeah. great lad. The things we used to do with their toothbrushes, wipe your ass with their toothbrushes and so on. What I mean, get all the coffee and mix it together, put it in his shoes and slippers and stuff like that. And, I felt a bit sorry for, for Kenny because he was quite a shy lad. Yeah. But what what we used to do, I used to get like a, a little bit of um, paper, draw around my finger, draw my finger on and put the black fingernail. So that was our calling card. So we should bash the room, smash it to bits, shit everywhere, and leave the calling card, the black fingernail. And eventually, eventually... Because he knew it was us, but he couldn't prove it. Eventually, he'd done his own calling card, Kenny Cunningham, if you speak to him. And he called himself D-Mad Pad. That was his calling card. Not the Mad Pad, D-Mad Pad. So he used to wreck ours and put D-Mad Pad down. with his calling card. Oh, dear, man. Yeah, and, I mean, Kenny Cunningham, he was a little bit, I mean, he was a little bit later on, Kenny Cunningham. Um, let's talk about yeah. some, some of the... Some of the squad from the first, from the top flight, uh, Terry Erlock, Teddy Sheridan, Cass. What were those boys like to be around day in, day out? Oh, so, uh, just, just pure energy, pure energy. And Teddy and Cass together, they were, they were phenomenal. I remember we played Arsenal away. I can't remember the score. That's when Les Braley scored them, but I think Teddy yeah. slid offside. Yeah. If you, them two up front, I think it was Tony Adams were playing against uh, David O'Leary and stuff like that, people like that, sorry. And they battered them, absolutely battered them too. They were a handful, you know. You look oh, back yeah. at some, some, some of the footage, they, right. they were an absolute handful of them too. And tell Terry, oh, hey, honestly, he's the nicest bloke you'll ever meet, Terry. 
so, so funny. You've had, you've had Terry on you, haven't you? Yeah, not on, yeah, a long, long time ago, before we did the, the, the extended versions, but hopefully... Yeah, well, me, right, when you say me and him's got a little bit of a secret, right? I think it was Keele University, um, we had like a water fight, not a little, little cups, I'm talking bings, it was everywhere. And uh, they had been out, pissed as arseholes, all the older pros, and they come back. And Terry's a bit worse for wear, and for some reason I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. We'll start fighting. We'll start proper me and Terry wrestling in the in the hallway. In the hallway. And I'm thinking to myself, what what the hell? What the? so I've got Terry in a headlock, right? And I'm thinking, I ain't letting go here. There's no chance I'm letting him up. No chance. Otherwise, he's going to, you know, I'm going to end up wearing a pain suit with brass handles. So I'm getting, I'm, I'm keeping, I'm keeping him like this. Well, Sean's there, me mate, and I'm thinking, well, you know, give us back up. You know, Sean's like, you got no chance. You know, like you rob a bank. Yeah. Uh, well, he wouldn't make a getaway driver. Do you know what I mean? He'd be like, see you later. Okay. So I've, I've, I've got him like this, and I'm thinking to myself. I don't know how it's happened, but I'm not letting him go. So I've got Terry in the head like that. Anyway, Cass comes and I'm thinking, thank Christ for that. Thank Christ for... Cass gets me in headlock. So he's squeezed my neck and I'm thinking, you're supposed to be helping me. So I'm, I'm starting to like, I'm fading. And I think Terry's fading as well. I'm thinking, just like someone help me. So any, all the lads come over and break it up and stuff. And we'll go back into our room. Was this, a, was, this a, was this a real fight or was just a bit of banter? Was it a real? No, no. Something was, some was said and Terry was meant. Something was said, ask him to this day, right? Ask him to this day. Something was said, I haven't got a clue what. He just went mentally come for me. Oh. Honestly, yeah. But but um, um, the only reason I, I, I got him on the floor is because uh, I was, I was um, Northumberland uh, junior champion. So that's the only reason I, I think I don't know um, uh, how I got you on him. So I got him, so I got him on the floor and I put, put, put him in a headlock. But but that judo's no good in a real fight. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I've, I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just keeping him like this, and he's so strong. And I'm, but Castle's got me in a headlock. And I'm thinking, get him off me. So anyway, we've released, and I've gone I've gone back to the room. We're, we're shown. <laughs> Fucking out and out. I'm fucking up. I'm like, no, I ain't, no, no. Sean opens the door. What's he opening the door for? He's going to kill us. <laughs> it's Terry. Terry. Terry comes nose to nose, right? And I'm thinking, is Sean going to back me up here? Yeah, radio up and out you. you got niche chance, right? I'm th- right, so a couple of lads come in, didn't break it up or nothing. I still, I still don't know to this day what it was about. Anyway, the lads come in, didn't break it up because nothing happened there, but I was, I was shitting it. And uh, in the morning, I was eating my brekkie, and uh, Terry got me in a headlock as I was eating my breakfast. He went, Don't you fucking ever ragdoll me again, mush. <laughs> Always remember, and he kissed the top of my head. He went, 
don't ever fucking ragdoll me again. Mush! <laughs> give me a kiss like that. I was like, oh, good shit. And that was it. Puts a bit. That was it after that dance. Fine again. Fine. I, I still don't know to this day. When I see him at the reunion, about, um, just before lockdown, you, when he's got 10 years, comes down and he says, oh, I remember when you fucking ragdolled me. Oh, but, 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 it's, but, but it's a giggle. But dear me, if I hadn't, you know, he would have killed me, honestly. I don't know, back off Sean, he was... Shit back. Sean is shit back. He was, he was on his tours. He was on his <laughs> tours, man. Oh. Brilliant, brilliant. Mate, this is, these are the stories we want to hear. I, I love them. What I will refer to the football just a little bit in the top flight, of course. You've come from Mill youth team player to, you know, well, you must be 20 at this point. You're in, you're in the first team in the top flight of English football. You must have been at times pinching yourself. It was absolutely phenomenal. It's like if, if, if someone's watching this, I mean, I was like, was I 20 at the time? If someone's watching this, just look at your son or an age 20. And you think him playing against like Rush, Barnes, Linick, and Gascoigne, and, and some big hurly burly, big old centre forwards that want to bash you, you know, like McHarford, John Fashionew, and Brian Robson, and some of these Mark Hughes, you know, just mm. naturally tough lads. Yeah. But with absolutely class as well. It was like, it was, it was frightening. Because they'll give you like a little list about someone, someone you're playing against, like a little rundown whether he's good with his left foot, right foot, or if he turns here, they are everywhere. And I used to read it the night before a game, and it was it was thinking. Was they like handwritten? Were they like handwritten notes? Yes, yeah, someone give us a handwritten note. Someone would give us it. Yeah, yeah. And it was. And I used to, when he gets the ball, he turns with his left, and he and he does this and does that. And it did help you. But like if you make one mistake against a top class mm. centre forward or, or, or top class player back then, and I was I was naive at times, um, they'd punish you. Uh, but it, it it was they haven't got social media media like what they have today. So my dad would get an absolute buzz of picking up the paper. Mm. In Newcastle, and looking at the marks out of ten and write ups and stuff like that, you know, mm. nothing. It was just a that that was, that was a buzz for me, just having your name like in the paper. Yeah, you know? it was a, it was a brilliant season. We finished tenth. You get fifteen starts and one goal, notable goal. I'll let you talk us through it in a minute. But what I want to ask you as well is. You join the club, so in terms of today, where football is, we were struggling at the bottom end of what would now be League One. So you, you would have been at the Den as an apprentice sweeping stands. There would have been about 3,000 people there, something like that. And at this point, we're in the top division. You're in the first team, and the Den every week sold out. I remember like, obviously going to the games, but also the games I didn't go to, like seeing us on ITV for the first time. Brian Moore's commentating, the Den is absolutely packed. Yeah. Like, what was them times like for you as a player? Well, just absolutely phenomenal. I remember Bristol, um, not, Bristol not Bristol City, but where was it? Somewhere away. And we went to, went to the game and typical Millwall, I can't remember what game it was, uh, but it was typical Millwall. I, I shouldn't be saying this, mind you, but it was, we were on the bus, on the team coach. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And they were scrapping right next to the bus against, I can't remember what team it was. We were like, what the hell's happening here? Those lads on the floor, there was claret everywhere. Yo, yo, and all that. I mean, I think this is like, diff- it's just, it's just different level. I mean, the, Millwall did get tarred with a, you know, with a bad name. Mm. Sometimes they didn't help themselves, and sometimes they just couldn't help themselves. But, 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 but it was like proper. It was like it was. So it was such a such a buzz, but but then but then crowds and that was fantastic because obviously we took like a lot more away as well. Yeah, yeah, a lot more away, and that was I tend to find the away support as a lot more. It's probably the hardcore, but a more, lot more vocal. They mm. sing a lot more, uh, but uh, yeah, it was the away games I liked. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I love playing at the den. Never change it, but uh, some of them away games was brilliant, was amazing. Let's talk about one of the home games, Liverpool at home. Liverpool, I mean, for, for the fans, you know, I, I was very, very young. So I think that's the first I knew of a Mill side. So I thought it was normal. But for some fans that have been logged down the years, to see us playing the old League One struggling. And then like John Barnes coming to town, Liverpool sell out of den. You scored a goal. Yeah. The thing was, I, I'm playing against uh, Ian Rush and Barnes. Fucking hell. No, if, if, you, if, if you ever, I think Beardsley was on the bench, Beardsley and someone else. What the hell? And I always, always remember 
Rush and Steve Bull are quite similar, as in like closing down, closing down. No, I got caught for the first goal. I think Dolzy threw the ball to me, right? And I'm telling you, first touch perfect. As soon as I look up, bosh, Rushy was on me. But I kept hold of his leg so he couldn't get onto it. But the linesman flagged, but the ref played on. Barnes picked it up and he chipped Horny. And I've seen John Barnes and, um, uh, on TV saying that's one of his favourite chip goals. Mm. And he put it past Horny. I don't know what Horny was doing. When you look at it, see where Horny was. He was like, more than half, really. He just think, what, but what go? Yeah, but then we went, I think it was about, it wasn't long later after that. Um, I think we got a free kick. And they took it quickly. And I was up there and uh, sharing crossed in his left foot. Bosh, back of the net, grubble up. Paid him 20 quid. There you go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, the only time I'm going to score, I couldn't score in a brothel with a diamond dick. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, brilliant. What's, is that, was that your standout memory from that season, that first magical season in the top flight or any others you can remember? No, 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 no. No, no, I mean, don't get when my dad was watching that up north, where her family were watching up north, because it was live on TV. But you know, you've been mentioning these games and the Liverpool game and da 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 da. Nothing really stands out. It was just, it was just the buzz. It was like every game. That's what I miss. I love mismatch day, the smell, you know, the burgers and, and, and stuff like that. It was, it was just the whole buzz. I couldn't pick one game. I couldn't pick one moment. I couldn't pick one goal. Just the existence of being a player. It, 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 yeah, it, it, yeah, it was it was mad because even t- just silly little things people would say, like mm. when we when we got promoted, we got off the coach. Um, I think Bournemouth away. I think it was a, somewhere like that, and I got off the coach, and I'd only played a handful of games. I think I don't know when I played just your ten games, and someone went. Tomo, Tomo, you played your part, mate. You played your part. And I thought that was a nice touch. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It meant a lot. Just them stupid, simple words made me feel as if I've, you know, contributed a little mm. bit. Yeah. Well, listen, you said you enjoyed every minute, which I believe you, but obviously others you will enjoy less. Yes. Second season, of course, eventually relegation, John Doherty sacked. Um, so, you know, obviously that wasn't an enjoyable time. You played a lot of games that season. Some people said that John Doherty got sacked because he was too loyal to play. Some of our other players have been on said maybe he was a little bit little bit too loyal when, of course, I say we, we got relegated. What was your thoughts on that when the Doc left? Oh, I was good, really. Mm. I think, to be honest with you, most... Oh, perhaps he was a little bit loyal. Perhaps he was, but it's what he believed in. I'm sure... If he thought he was going to get the sack or get relegated or, or whatever, perhaps he would have changed it. But, uh, but there's a lot of players. See, when you work with players, you understand how much hard work they put in. Mm. And you can see them working hard for him. Yeah. You know, weren't, weren't, weren't tossing it off, weren't late for, for training, weren't like pulling the moody hamstring and stuff like that. Everyone was in together. I just suppose we just 
perhaps weren't good enough. Just a little bit of a golfing class. That's what I was going to say. I, mean, I remember, I remember yeah. a Spurs game at home, 5-0. I think Paul Stewart scored a hat-trick. Yeah, I played that. They're just, they just, some, just some good sides. We came up against yeah. didn't we? So yeah. the doc loses his job. Bob, I think Bob Pearson took over temporarily and then um, Bruce yeah. Rick came in. Mick McCarthy comes in. Yeah. Some other players come in as well, like Mick McCarthy, Malcolm Allen, Paul Goddard. I say young Kenny Cunningham came in. So we did try and rescue it. You know what I mean? We did try and save it. Yeah, um, I didn't think, but I felt sorry for Goddard, really, because he he come for a lot of money. I can't remember which it was, but it was a lot of money. And he's an ex-hammer as well. I don't think the fans really took to him that much. Uh, I don't think he was their sort of player. In training, he was a fantastic finisher, but it just it just didn't didn't seem to work for him. Like you say, Kenny Young Kenny Cunningham came in. He's he was honestly he's one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet, and one of the nicest fellas you'll ever meet. I would, if I'm, if my daughter was going to marry someone, it'd be someone like him. We had him on the show, mate. He, he, we, the show went out over two parts, about two and a half hours. We spoke for about four and a half hours. And he was like, if I'm yeah, kidding, no, 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 I love it, mate. Such no. a nice... uh, I always remember him when he, he, I think he bought a Micra, a red Micra. He saved up loads of money, he bought a red Micra. And he's, he's never late. I'm sure he's late this day one day. And he was, I see him. And he looked all flustered. He bought, uh, it was a red Micra, I'm sure. But he parked outside, I think, where Elton at the time, at the training ground. Park stop. He doesn't even look. He's opened his brand new door like that, and there's some fella coming on a bike. The lad's just gone smashed straight into his, into his car door. The lad's done a Superman over the top, skidded like that, and that was his that was his pride and joy. Joy smashed smashed the, the car door in, and that poor lad was a hospital up the road. You would have thought Kenny, because such a nice lad he is, he didn't. He just Give him his bait, and this lad's got his bait under his arm, all covered in claret and stuff like limping. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kenny just puts his uniform on, starts training, bless him. Yeah. But yeah, look, honestly, what, what, what a lovely fellow, mm. and not a bad player. See, I couldn't work Kenny out when he first arrived. He was, I sort of took him under my wing, sort of thing, because he, he was so shy. So we used to take him out and used to try to get him having a beer. He wouldn't, he wouldn't. There's no way drink, yeah, yeah. But I, I've got all videos. I used to take my camcorder away for all away games, and they're in the loft. And I've got shitloads on there with us mucking around doing the black fingernail and everything. And honestly, that would be fantastic. I'm putting them on the if I can do it, put them on the DVD. I'll send you some some class things on it. And, and uh, but Kenny, oh. What 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 such a nice bloke. Brilliant. I've got so many I could I've got so many stories about him as well. He broke my nose. Who Kenny? Put, um, Kenny did, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're mucking around and stuff like that. Because I used to used, used to have a bath, like a communal bath. I think it was like uh, it was somewhere anyway, but it didn't have a door. So I used to pop around the corner, get buckets of ice and coffee, cups of coffee, a lot threw it in on me, he didn't know it was me. Well, he caught me and he started chasing us. I wouldn't normally run, but he's naked. So I'm running. I don't want like see someone's winkle, right? So but but where I've run in the door, I try to shut the door behind it. He's booted the door. 
scored it. I broke my nose in two. My nose went out with it. Oh. And the other one, and the other one doing childish, silly things at uh, Middlesbrough. Yeah, chased me again, and there was a glass, big glass panel behind the door. And I shut the door, so you couldn't get in. That smashed. Just missed me tour. That was a match day. And I've got a big old scarlet on my back. That's twice he's done me. And I think it's Peter Melville. He had to stitch me up. Yeah. Kenny Cunningham, I tell you, he's not as soft Irishman as you think. <laughs> so we, um, as you say, Bruce Riot come in. I said to you off air. You said, is there anything I can't say? I said, no. And no one's ever really been slagged off on this podcast. Other than one, one that keeps cropping up and does get abused is, is Bruce Riot. I don't think I'll ever get him on the, as a guest. That's for sure. He was, uh, he was a bit of an oddball, eh? really bit of an oddball. You, you had like, I think you try to change too many things too soon. I mean, you weren't allowed to wear jeans. You had to, you had to have a shave. So you'd be knackered. Uh, you, had to have a shave, you had to have a shave every day. We had Terry Herlock there. Terry Herlock. He, he should just turn up in scruffy flip-flops and pair of, you know, but you had to spruce up a bit. Well, mm. Terry, he, he's, he's always had a little bit of growth in his hair. It looks like his hair's combed it with a toffee apple. God, he's <laughs> like that. Ah. He used to, used to turn up, still scruffy. <laughs> and uh, that, that, uh, that you know, the lads didn't, dads didn't really like that. And it was his mannerisms as well. He was, it just reminded me of a like, really strict school teacher. Yeah. yeah, I think he's dad. I think he's dad. He's got regimental background, um, but now he he just he had this he had this thing about him. Not 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 like in a sleazy way. It was just uh, you didn't feel comfortable in his presence. You know, I mean, I got on all right with him and that, but it was just some. I suppose it's because we we were used to like the dock and all that jumping around and you know like a little puppet day, but. Uh, he was just totally different to um, what we were used to. So, yeah, yeah but I mean, we wouldn't be on my Christmas card list, but he really didn't do many harm. But from looking out in, he was a bit, bit of an odd ball, yeah. He got relegated. It's a, it's a strange one because the 1991... What's some decent players? Huh? What's some decent players? I was just about to say exactly that. He, we played some really good football in that first season back in in this in this what would now be the championship. But with John McGinley, John Goodman, Paul Kerr, Alex Ray, I remember watching, I've watched a lot of footage back, and you know Sheffield um, Sheffield Wednesday at home we come two 0 down, win four two. We scoring a lot of goals, scoring playing some good football. So we finished fifth in the division. You played eighteen games under the, under Bruce, but yeah, although people didn't really get on him. As, as a coach and as a manager, they'll be still playing some good football. What are some of those boys like? John McGinley's supposed to be a right good laugh. Paul Kerr? Oh, yeah. What, Wayne Kerr? I tried try to get him on. He said he wouldn't come on. Oh, Nookie. He's a right. great lad as well. So there's, there's, I cannot think of one Arsenal player at Millwall. I can't. They're just, they're, they're just genuinely nice lads. But some of them players, I mean, there was like a, a Scottish influx. Well, now there was um, Calhoun, uh, McGlashan, McGlashan, Calhoun, um, yeah, Alex, Alex Ray. But uh, oh, he's, he's dead now, bless him, isn't he? Um, McGlashan, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, no, no. John McGlashan. I remember when he 
he snapped his ankle, dislocated his ankle. He was playing. And had his ankle up like that. And he let his hand go and his, his ankle went whoop like that during the game. That was horrible. But yeah, no, they were great players. Mark, Malcolm Allen as well. Malcolm Allen. God, he's let himself go, hasn't he? <laughs> he? He looks like he's been smoking a stick of dynamite. See him. God's sake. What's wrong with him? <laughs> but he, but he, honestly, he, he had, he had, it was a bit unique because I don't really, you don't really see many centre forwards doing it, but he had a great knack of jumping in the air and chesting it and bringing it down. You see, like a lot of centre forwards, like mm. back in, chest it, but he would jump in the air, chest it, and it would, it would land on the floor. Such a talent. Were you laughing at? I'm still laughing. (laughs) I'm trying to stay professional and listen to what you're saying. I'm still laughing at you saying Malcolm Allen looks like he's been smoking a stick of dynamite. That's really got me. I was trying to hold the laughter in. He looks like Bruce Bruce Lee's brother. (laughs) Ugh. No, is it? No, I'm, I'm joking. He's, he, but he has let himself go because he was a handsome young lad when he was uh, when he was younger. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but 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 them them um, lads you're talking about there, the them two together, yeah, John McGinley, uh, not John McGinley, oh, John McGinley and uh, Aidan Davison. Yeah. Well, them two together were lethal. Then you had Malcolm Allen and Alex Rea. When they got together, they were lethal. Honestly, if you if you want to be a yeah, I do. That, I do. Good, deadly them. I tell you, absolutely proper deadly. I mean, I like the beer, but I, I was fourth division. They were like Premier League when it comes to having a beer. Yeah, really. So yeah, I'm telling you, and sticks. Brian Horn, he went too far behind. He he, he was a boy in his day, old Brian. Honestly, he could pull a few ships, pull a few birds. You called him, sorry, you called him Sticks. Did you call him Sticks? Sticks, that was his nickname because he lived out in the Sticks. Yeah, I thought he played in between the Sticks. I thought that's what he was going to say. No, no, no. That's what he's thinking because he lives out in the Sticks. I forget it was Basildon or somewhere like that. But he, yeah. he, but he was, a, honestly, he was a boy at the time. He was like, he had blonde hair and uh, I forget, he used to like, remember uh, Anton Lowski? It was before your time. But he, he used to look out. He used to look after like his car when Anton was like playing away games and sticks. I mean Brian, he's because he had his keys. He used to nick his car. He used to drive Elton and all that. And honestly, with the birds and all, hello, me old darling. He used to get birds. Used to pull up and get birds numbers. Honestly, he had, he had like blonde hair and he's yeah. good looking lad. He's let himself go as well. What's happening with this? Tomorrow? I won't. I won't right. say a bad word about Horny because he's plugging me in. No, with lot. <laughs> oh, no, Horny. Yeah, but he back in the, back in the day when he was single, honestly, he would shag the hole in the dolphin's head. Honestly, <laughs> he was absolutely rife. Honestly, right. But he could he could pull it off because he was he was such a good looking lad. And he could, he had he could pull them ships. He, remember what was that? Never going to give you up. Never going to let you. What do you call that fella? He used to dance like Rick Astley, was it? He, he could he could pull him off, and he pardon the expression, he, he could pull him off. <laughs> like, honestly, honestly, on, and he had to, he did have some moves. Oh. I think he went into. Didn't he go into? 
I think records, Brian or Sticks. I'm sure you, you were the, I think you were in the record shop or something. Did he really? Didn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he did because he's really good up to date music. He was like, he was bang on. He had all the all, all the stuff there. He never told me that when he called me the other day from his Portuguese, yeah. Portuguese retreat, his villa. Um, yeah, he's stu- yeah, he stuck out there, isn't he? <laughs> Bless him. Hey. Oh, dear. So, first season, we get to the playoffs. Brighton away um, was a complete disaster. And then the home game after that, obviously, we fell short that season. Yeah, yeah, I remember that away, that away game. We we were... I think Steve scored the first one. I remember, didn't he, Steve? Yeah, Paul Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, he scored. Uh, he scored the first one. But I always remember what hit me on the back of the head. I remember the goalkeeper kicked it, but he kicked it. I think he kicked it into their box. And I remember running backwards. There's no way I could have headed. I would probably scored an own goal. Don't go there with the own goal. Less on the notes. Don't worry. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I ain't having it. I ain't having it, mate. Yeah, I'm sorry, I twisted, hit me on the back of the neck, and it fell for one of their centre forwards. I can't remember the team, and he stuck it in. But we were, yeah, we we got punished. We got really punished. They were the better side anyway, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's points making excuses. But we were unlucky because we started off well at the at the, at the second leg. So I remember I had one cleared off the lane and that was over the lane so I remember having to go to the lanes but that was definitely over but it just it just wouldn't have been yeah. it just wouldn't have been they, they were better than us the, the second season for Rioc it just went really badly wrong and it's funny because I looked earlier the ball in Etienne Revere Casey Keller Colin Cooper brilliant player for us Andy Roberts come through the youth system oh, Andy Roberts you had some yeah. good youth coming through yeah what you think is with him Etienne Revere did you speak to him at all was he it's he was, he was a funny lad, wasn't he? He was a bit like, a bit spaced out. I've got him on the video, right? I was, it would have been me and Chris Armstrong. Chris Armstrong. Yeah, Chris Armstrong, yeah. Chris, 20 a day, Chris. <laughs> Quickest thing in the world. Shit off a stick. 20 a day, honestly. And uh, I woke up one day because he was my room partner, Chris Armstrong. And he's gone, look out the window. And Etienne, we're in a hotel and our, our window, I don't know, it's like fifth floor, I had like a flat roof and it was early in the morning. And AT was on the hotel roof, just dancing by himself, just pulling a few ships by himself. But <laughs> Exactly. Was it in the summer? Was it in the summer or something? It wasn't, I can't, well, it wasn't pissing down the rain and it wasn't like, <laughs> So I can't, I'm yeah. just trying to think in my mind, why the fuck would he do that? <laughs> Like maybe the sun was out and he was just having a little bit of a well that's his day. Yeah, but it was early in the morning, it was about seven in the morning. So why would he do that? That's what I mean. That's yeah. the sort of type of lad he was. He was like sort of laid back, but a bit weird, a bit eccentric. Again, nice lad. And doing well in the playoffs, the year getting to the playoffs in our first season back in what would now be the championship. We think could have a right go here, but mate, it went from bad to worse. We lost 4 0 away at Plymouth, 6 2 away yeah, at yes. Sunderland, 6 1 away at Pompey because the day lost his job. And I checked, you played all three. <laughs> Is that a taxi? <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Do you remember, Bruce, do you remember Bruce losing his job and what do you think went so badly wrong in that second season under him? Uh, well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think, I don't think people were particularly, especially the players. Just not on board with him. I don't think, no, I don't think no one shed a tear. Obviously, the lads that he brought in, they were a bit, you know, like, oh, well, what's going to happen now sort of thing. Mm. But, uh, no one, no one, no, no one, no one shed a tear. He wasn't, wasn't a big miss, and he wasn't, he wasn't a fan's favourite, and he wasn't like a, a player's favourite either. So he's on high into nothing really. But it didn't help himself, you know, with uh, certain things he, he done and he, who we got rid of, and um, like Steve Harrison and stuff like that. So because, mm. uh, yeah. Because he was on the wall, in almost the right was on the wall. In your in your opinion, at some point it was going to happen. Yeah, definite. So a lot of the players sensed it anyway. A lot of players yeah. sensed uh, was on his way out. He he'd gone from like a hard, tough sort of regimental, no nonsense um, fella, and um, was seeing in in the playoffs, especially the game at home. Totally different fella. He was going wrong with. Um, called towels, tapping on people's heads, trying to cool them down, and all that, which was unlike him. You know, to cool us down, you let someone else do that. He's and you could tell he's sort of he's on his not on his way out, but you could see a weakness in it. Uh, he's gone from that to getting the towels on. People said, Come on, come on, and he was trying to all right, drive us on. Pat and cool towels on my head and all that. And I, I, it didn't suit him. Yeah, if the yeah. doc had done it, if the doc had done it, uh, you'd think well, that's fair enough. But for him to do it, it's strange. It was, it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit odd. Yeah, yeah, a bit. yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, it was a bit odd. So Mick McCarthy comes in, takes over. There was rumours that obviously of a player revolt against Rioc, but um, nonetheless, whichever way with his results or wherever it was, Bruce uh, goes and Big Mick. Takes over the takes over the management role. Twenty nine years later, he's still in management, of course. But um, oh, no. was he like Big Mick as a teammate, and then his, and then as your gaffer? Oh, that's a cool uh, Well, he he came from where did he go? Leon? Was it Leon? He came from. Yeah. Uh, this is when Bob Pearson was in charge. Because I remember we were away in a hotel somewhere, mm. and uh, he ended up being my room partner. Um, but as time went on, me and him, it was me and him playing at the back. With Mick, my opinion, uh, he wasn't a bully, uh, but sometimes he pushed people's buttons, perhaps. It's like I, I would speak to him when he became manager mm. as a player. So I would speak to him as a player rather than a player manager. And he would blame just say we got beat against Sunderland, the Mackhams, I hear Sunderland. And we got beat. And I think he more or less tried to blame other people and myself for the girls. And I knew they weren't my fault. And I looked up the footage as well and they weren't my fault. And I didn't like that. But I used to speak to him like a, like a mate rather than the manager. That's my, that's my downfall. I always yeah. remember do playing a practice game. Always remember playing a practice game. He probably might not be able to remember because whatever. But in a practice game, 
Chris was up front playing against Mick. I'm on Chris's side, whacked the ball up there. Always remember Mick gets hold of um, Chris Armstrong after just rags and ragdoll, bosh, straight on the floor. And like Chris was a bit, a bit, a bit shaken by it. Yeah. And uh, I went, fucking hell, Chris. I says, give him some back. Give him some back. Don't let him throw you. And they're in a practice game on the floor, like a little rag doll. Yeah. And he went, good words, Tomo, good words. Don't know what that means. Haven't got a clue, but it sticks in my mind. Always has done. And it just, after that, it was just like, no, I just, we didn't really. You weren't having your we didn't have a, we did, Yeah, we didn't have big arguments and stuff. I just, I think perhaps, because I spoke to him like, like a bloke and certain things I knew I was right. Perhaps he didn't want to admit that, but you know, I stuck to me principles, you know. So maybe you think he might have thought, Do you know what? Fuck you, I'm going to show you who's the gaffer now. Do you know what I mean? Don't talk to me like that because I'm the fucking boss now. Well, well, perhaps. Well, you said that, not me, but it's perhaps. Perhaps. So, yeah, sounds like just, that way. It was, you just because Chris was my roomie. Mm. And I think I think Mick McCarthy bought Chris, didn't he? From from Wrexham, I think it was. I think I'm not sure whether Bruce. I think Bruce bought. I think Bruce bought him. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Well, but to to, to throw him on the floor, it was a bit, you know, a bit much. It was isn't a bit, it? I, I didn't. I, no, I didn't. I didn't like it. No, I didn't like it at all. He's a Geordie boy, Chris Armstrong as well. There's loads of Geordies, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah Paul Stevenson. He ran him on the show. Good lad, Steve O. Yes. He had a good voice. He could sing. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he did. He was a good man. That to be fair, you let us know. He said he that got him done yeah. and, and a few karaoke's and that abroad. Yeah, he's got a good voice. Yeah, Ian Bogie as well. Yeah, Bogues. Yeah, Bogachino. When it was called him. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that because obviously it's coming towards the end of your career. Big Mick gives you the, the talk that you know, you know surplus the requirements at the club. He said that was the one day in your Millwall existence that you. Wouldn't love to relive, obviously. That hurt me. Proper, proper, proper hurt me, that. Did you still um, think you had Saints off at the club at that time? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Definitely. Definite. Whether I started, whether I was on the bench, whether I made only 20 games this season, I just... It was everything I knew. It was everything I knew. I knew, you know, for... I was... I, Went to the club nineteen eighty, I think it was eighty three or eighty four. Was a schoolboy, I left there just before ninety two. So it was a fair, it was a fair stretch. Mm-hmm. So, and when you see people come and go, you never think it's going to be you. You know, seeing all these because I was I was the last apprentice of all time at the old den. All the other ones. Because it became um, YTS after that, didn't it? YTS. Yeah, yeah. That's at the old den. I was the last apprentice of all time at the old den. And mm. it was sad to see the other ones being, being let go. And, you know, it was, it was also sad, but, you know. Yeah, I suppose from the people you came through with you, you had stayed them all as well, didn't you, at the club? Yeah, absolutely. So what did, how did it go down with Big Mick? What did he say? Was you expecting it a bit, or was you a little bit shy at the... Shot out of the dark for you, shot out of the blue. Well, he, he didn't say I was I was unwanted. Um, he pulled me in, into the office, and um, I think 
I think it was Bristol City, actually. Someone was interested in us. Mm. Someone was interested. And I didn't really want to hear that. Um, the next couple of days, it was a bit in the paper. It was me. I think it was Phil Barber. And I think it was Paul Kerr. Those three were on, on the, um, on the what do you call it, the local rag, was it South, South London? Yeah. yeah. It, it was on there. Um, he never said to me, like, we don't want you. It, to begin with, it was someone was interested in us. Then eventually, it came in the paper, but he told me, sorry, I'm getting it wrong here, yeah. Someone was interested in us. Then he told me that I wasn't wanted at the club. I can't remember the exact words. Then the very next day, it was in the newspaper. It was, th it was three of us. I can't remember the exact words he said, but um, I can remember I was so hurt. I cried. I was gutted. Mm. And a few, a few close friends of mine cried, including the one I spoke to you earlier. You know, he left a message on your uh, on your thing to do uh, the god goddaughter. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, his dad. Yeah, I remember sitting in the boozer, crying, thinking because my missus she was from Peckham. Uh, I lived in um, Newcross, then I moved to Nunhead, Peckham. So I knew everything around there. You know, it's a. Uh, I knew, I knew like the, the, the butchers, the, the you know, the vegetables. You, you, you must have been out to walk to the den on match days. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, that's, that's it. It was, it, was on, it was on my doorstep. Yeah. And I just, I, it was just everything I knew. And what I should have done is when the, when people were being released, when people, um, when getting signed on and stuff like that, I could see the heartbreak of them. I didn't think that was going to happen to me. Mm. Um, but when the Mick told me somebody was interested, I can't remember who it was, maybe in Bristol, I'm not so sure, but I ended up there, but maybe someone else. Then a couple of days later, he said, like, you know, we don't want you sort of thing. Um, then the next day after that, the press, there's no way the press could know. In like, yeah, you don't want to say that he fed it to the press. You want me to say that he fed it to the press. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 just, it, 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 was, it was just so coincidental. Yeah. So I thought it was a bit odd. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a bit odd. No, but I, I still wish I was there, honestly. We need a third centre-half, actually, at the minute. No, I'm full to bits, I am. I'll tell you, full to bits. Well, listen, mate, it was a brilliant career at me. Well, I always ask some questions at the end. Um, there's actually a few extra questions people want answered. The one that keeps popping up, we did mention it briefly. We didn't actually cover it. You've got to ask him about the 30-yard own goal he scored away at Cambridge. Well, I, I live in Cambridge, so and, I'm working, and I, I work in Cambridge, so I work with a lot of lads. And there's about, say, 50 of the lads of Cambridge United supporters. I've had stick for the last 20 years and I still get it. I swear on my life every single week off the lads. 
they've got a song they sing about me. Thank you for the young girl. And they, and they sing it to me. I was a little, little fiery little lad at work, right? They're called uh, Johnny Houston, right? Little cockney. He sings it and he gets the other lads to join in. Oh, about yeah. Because they're all, they're all um, Cambridge United supporters. Yeah, but that was, that was a shock, I really. I, was, I remember that was a, that was a, that was late, wasn't it? It was like in the last two minutes. Or, was it no injury time, wasn't it? I don't really remember. I've just, I mean, I've seen a lot of people say about it. And you said you had, um, you still dream about me all sometimes. You ever, ever have nightmares about that one? It was shocking. Absolutely. It was a left foot swinger. Left foot swinger. That was my it was a windy night. It was the last couple of, I think it was the last couple of minutes. Uh, I'm on Danny Dyer's own goals and gaffs. I'm number three. Okay. I should have made number two. I should have made number two. The other one, made number one was class, by the way. But yeah, anyway, it was a, just a left foot swinger. It was it was windy. Uh, Brannigan, he made he, he made a, the worst angle you could ever make in your life. I'm just trying to make some more excuses up. Uh, it was muddy. Uh, it, what what I should have done is had a, had a little look up and I pinged it. And I apologise for the Millwall fans because I know I'm going to take some stick. And I've, I've, I always remember after, afterwards, a couple of games after that, I would pass the ball back and even our fans would go, hey, hey. Honestly, but that, that really hurt me. I try and not let it show, but that, that really hurt me. Stuff, stuff like that. It was horrible. I hated it. And there was a lad called Alan Dawson. Who? Alan Dawson, uh, working town manager, Alan Dawson. Well, he, he played for Millwall. I think he played all game under John Dock. Um, he's working town manager with uh, uh, Martin Taylor. Well, then, he'd gone and bought 20 or 30 papers of the South London because on the back it said, what a twit Tomo. I've still got it upstairs. Full page. What a twit. And I'm thinking to myself, did they all show the men twit? Right? And they, they cut it out. And right, we got in the shop. There was a like, young lad called Darren Lewis and Alan Dawson. They cut them out and they'd stuck them on the toilet door inside the house and everything. So when I got up, they were all posted because we sustained digs. Oh, my God. Round the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you are. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a myth, but I apologize. I mean, again, it was his fault anyway, and it was windy. Yeah, he, but he, he, he's a bit. He was a bit like a Brian Horn clone, wasn't he, Keith Brannigan? Quite short. He still loved, loved a lot. No, yeah, well, Horn, he was he was underrated. Horn, he was under, He weren't a bad goalkeeper. No, it was Brandy, by the way, or, yeah, or yeah. Keller, but uh, he. Uh, he was, yeah, he was, he was on the radio. What a ping he had on him, by the way. He, he used to uh, half volley it, which was very rare back then. And you mm. think about some of the pitches we played on, horny sticks, he used to ping half volley on them shit yards pitches. Yeah, they were bad some, weren't they? Class, class. He, yeah, he, he had one of the best pings I've seen on a girl. Someone else said, ask him about the acid dance he did it on the halfway line at Cholton. That's shocking. Have you seen it? No. So we. Well, it's, it's sort of like yeah, but I'll, 
it's a bit odd, right? Because I look absolutely knackered. But I only just come on the sub. It was one of the EIO ones, one of but it looks like you know, you, you know the old records, the old um, forty-five records. And you put them on, but yeah, it was like one of them on a thirty-three. It was like it was like that. It was like, <laughs> shocking, right? I forgot to tell you this. The story it is. Well, I, I read it. Don't know about you. It was me and Sean Sparm, right? And that lad, Alan Dawson, that you can't remember, but he he, he was at uh, Millwall for a while. For a while. And uh, it was it, it was like during the Christmas period because we were away in a hotel somewhere in London, so I'd like a couple of games, so I had to stay at, at this hotel. And uh, and what happens was we were going to play cards. So me and Sean sitting in the room, Sean Sparrow was sitting in the room like this, and we've got like a complimentary, I don't know what they were, like, like cashew nuts or nuts with like little raisins in and stuff like this, right? Yeah. So Dogs are supposed to come for a game of cards. I've got, oh, let's, let's wind Dogs up. So we've got the nuts. I thought, oh, I'll go for a shite. So I've gone, I've, I've gone for a shit. <laughs> I've rolled a couple of bits of my shit up, like little wrong. Little Maltesers. <laughs> right? We've put them. Ask Sean. All you've got to say to Sean is nut surprendo. But as soon as he says that, we know what he's on about. So we've put these in the in the nuts. Or three or four. Like little iron. Right? Do you not stink? So well, no, I washed my fingers. But the way in amongst the, the nuts and stuff like that. So we've put them think, on there. They are. So we're waiting for Dose to come in because Dose used to stitch us up. So I thought, yeah, we stitch you up. So you've got these little wrong bits of turd in amongst all these little uh, chocolate bits and uh, nuts and stuff like this. So he comes in, we're playing cards and we stick it. I'm nearly up. Go on, Dose, help yourself. So, but he doesn't fancy anything unless he's like half sussed it. So I'm thinking, We've got to try and get him to have a little nibble. Anyway, knock at the door. It's a dock. Come on, boys, it's late. This, that, and the other. Dose says, see you later. So Dose goes out the room. And... So the dock comes in. Oh, no. Dan. 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 <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Right? With a duck standing up, and me and Sean's on the on the, on the bed, and you got the <laughs> got the nuts there, and I'm thinking, and I, I forget at first it, it, it's there. I, I just forget. So he's chatting away, and oh, it's all right for help myself to, and you can't say well, like, but it was too late. Damn, he, honestly, he's he's picked one up. <laughs> He put it in his mouth, and I'm like, "Oh, come on!" Um, um, <laughs> fuck, like that. So he's chewing away, just chatting. I can't remember what he's chatting about because it's just going over my head. I'm saying, "No, nah, blah, blah," and I'm thinking, and I'm looking at him, and I'm watching his mouth going round and round like a cement mixer. And he's like, it's, "But, I, right?" I found myself. Chewing at the same time, 
So he's so he's keep on picking them up and putting them in. Oh, he didn't right. know. He just said, well, that's right. We know well, he obviously didn't pick the one up with shit, did he? Oh, he was eating the normal ones, right? <laughs> so I've looked at I've looked at Sean. Sean is white as a ghost, <laughs> and Sean's going. <laughs> he's doing the same thing because I'm thinking to myself, if he eats my shit, that's what. Well, that's good night cameras. You're getting the sack and everything. <laughs> but cut a long story short, it just bump, bump. So I remember seeing him out the door. Honestly, I see him out the door and I come back into the room and Sean, he just wasn't speaking, just didn't speak. And he was just sitting there and he was still chewing. He was that frightened. He was good. <laughs> he was thinking he was thinking about the doctor said the doc had, oh that would have been yeah, it that would have well, been, been good night for the oh, end of you both it, wouldn't it but it had to be the doc it's like I'm, I'm sitting there thinking oh my god he's going to eat my shit <laughs> how do you explain that one you'd have had to put a penny on Sean oh geez. King Prawn would have had to take the bullet for that one oh yeah it's a bit nutty <laughs> oh god yeah oh. Oh my! <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So, I always ask this question at the end: If you could get together tonight, one last night out with three of your old Millwall teammates, oh, what three you're taking with you? Oh, well, I haven't. I've hardly spoken about certain people because I tend to jump from one thing to another. Mate, I've, I've got yeah. Well, uh, take as long as you need. It doesn't matter to me. I'm I'm, I'm not doing nothing. No, no. Um, the thing is. They're a good bunch together. It's mm. like, they're a good bunch. But I'd have to pick Kenny Cunningham for one because he's the nicest bloke in the world. And if I got into a fight, he could talk his way out. And he doesn't drink. So he could be the taxi. <laughs> good tactic, like it. This is difficult. I can't, have I got to pick two more? Yeah. Oh. See, that's oh, difficult. I mean, you know, Mally's a good night out. Malcolm Allen is a good night out. Uh, Alex, good night out as well. I'd have to... St- Dose. Alan Dawson as well. But I'd have to go for Sean. Your wingman. You've got to have your wingman. You've mentioned... I've got, I've got, to, have, I've got to have him there. And I'm going I'm to drop uh, Alan Dawson, even though he's my... Yeah. I'm going to drop bus as well. Sorry, bus. I'm going to go for Horny. Yeah. Sticks. Oh, he's, 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 honestly. He, he, he bring, makes me laugh. Motor, he could bring Anton's motor, let Kenny Cunningham drive it, and then you can all go on a piss and have a good time. Job done. Honestly, that would be, it's not a mad night. It's not a mad night, but the banter's there. The entertainment's not too bad. Like we're horny, because because his teeth keep on falling out. You know, it's that horny his teeth. <laughs> when he had a fight with Neil, Neil had a fight with Neil Ruddick, didn't he? Did he? And he had a fight with Neil Ruddick. He like slipped horny, and he hit his hit his head on on where the seats were in the change room, and he was more or less out. And uh, Neil uh, volleyed him, knocked his two front teeth out. What probably like having a real real tear up? No, no fucking about. That was. 
Yeah, he's not going to kick him in his teeth like for a laugh, is he? <laughs> no, they keep proper kicked off. Holy fail. I think because he had studs on or socks and he slipped and hit his head on the on the seats where you sit. And yeah, well, Bosch and the brother, Bosch knocked his tooth from teeth out. But they used to fall out every now and again. There was like a little tooth underneath, so it was sort of like a cap. And the amount of times... It used, it used to fall out Brian's teeth nightmare. and he got, one day he got super glue stuck it back in with super glue and obviously got infected ended up in the A&E didn't go to the dentist or nothing got some super glue stuck it back on oh my god but he's he's that sort of lad and he's he's a boy he's he's proper lad very good lad his dad's good, good crack as well so I'd, I would have to pick I'm letting a few lads down I would have to definitely pick Kenny because he's Kenny, just he's loveliest bloke in the world. He's taxi driver, doesn't drink, fair player. If we get him a fight, he could talk his way out of it. <laughs> Sticks for the entertainment and Sean as well. I shouldn't really put Sean in there because he like he's he never backs me up or nothing. Didn't back me up with Terry. <laughs> Didn't give me a back up with you eating the old uh, minstrels. Oh, I don't know. He's your mate. Yeah, I, 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 I would, I would, I would, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to see an M3. That's a brilliant mate. We spoke about this earlier as well, but I've said if you could pick out one standout memory, I know you said you couldn't because you just love oh, it. That is, that is really hard, but it, it, I couldn't really. It would have to be some sort of goal. That's, 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 that, that's the only the one at Cambridge. Only, fuck off. <laughs> Oh, mate, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've loved every minute of it. You better shut your north and south, me old China. <laughs> or, or fucking open your, your bang of crisps, eh? <laughs> no, I, yeah, no it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I wish I, you know, I, wish I could have been more thoughtful about things I've said and, and done, but I haven't really had much time to, to you know, to write stuff down and, and so forth. Listen. But, but, but it's been thoroughly entertaining. I've got a million stories I could tell you. Well, we can always do a, listen, get, get your memoirs on paper. We'll come back. We'll do a part two. It's not a problem. Are you sure? 100%. It'll be twice as worse than this, though. Oh, mate, I love it. Dig them things out of the loft as well. Send them my way and I'll edit it all for you. Yeah, I've got some Frankie Vaughan up, I've got some Frankie Vaughan up there as well. <laughs> <laughs> On on Beta Max. <laughs> Legend Tomo. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Dan, God bless. Hey, look after yourself and it's been a pleasure, mate. We'll do this again sometime. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.